Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. One, two, one, two, three, four. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Kevin Rogers with you here on 560 WQAM here on this Monday evening. I was watching Dan Aykroyd last night and My Girl actually was on TV. Man, I haven't seen that in a hot minute. Yeah, it was. I guess it's getting the rotation on Stars or one of those movie channels. What was the name of the girl in that movie? Anna Klumski. Anna Klumski. Who ended up being on Veep with Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Really? She was her assistant or something. I saw a few episodes of that, yeah. She's all grown up now, huh? Yep. How's she looking? She looks good. She kind of looks like the same, but like grown. I mean, that sounds silly, but like. Yeah. But, but she looks like, she looks fine. She's cute. So anyway, with that being said, I have a lot to get to tonight. Speaking of movies, we are going to have, we were going to get him on last week, but he was busy. So he's going to join us tonight. Tim Rohan. You don't know who he is. I've never met him, so but there's a purpose to this. He is a writer for Sports Illustrated. He put out the oral history of Blue Chips, the movie Blue Chips, Shaq, Penny Hardaway, Nick Nolte, and he will join us at 7 o'clock. And I was looking it over earlier today, and just so many little factoids, if you've seen the movie, and how it ties into white men can't jump. It ties into, well, I guess from a third cousin, uh, Bull Durham, because the guy who wrote Bull Durham wrote White Men Can't Jump and then wrote Blue Chips. So this uh, this movie that was kind of the first of its kind, that it wasn't, and, and reading it, it wasn't a heroic sports movie. That's why studios didn't want to push it out, because it wasn't, there was no heroes in it. And it was just a, a look at the dirty world of college basketball. And it stuck after all these years. So Tim Rohan will join us coming up in about an hour to talk about that story and some of the things from the set there. I have a question. You just said it was like the first movie like that. Which came first, that or the program? Because the program is kind of the same movie before football. Yeah, I think that the program they both came around at the same time blue chips from what i read in this story that the guy wanted it out years before like the I, he had it for like 10 years and there are so many movies that are out there that it's not like oh they just came out last year like that have been developed for so long and you're just waiting for the right studio to produce them and put it together the right director 
all of that. So that was kind of in the works before. So I'm just going to go with that blue chip since it came out in 1994 that that one was first. And the program came out around the same time, like late 1993. But I guess... But blue chips was in the works longer. It was. And even with blue chips... Was a more recognizable cast. Is that fair to say than yes. the program? Yes. Well, I mean, when you think when when you get when you get right down to when you have Shaq and Penny Hardaway, and then the fact that they ended up playing basketball together, you know, after filming that movie, and then you have Nick Nolte in the movie. I mean, there's really nobody memorable from from the program other than like what John Voight. No, James Con. James Con. Excuse John me. John Voight was Varsity Blues. That's right. That's yeah, right. <laughs> I think Halle Berry was in that too. So, but yeah, uh, she was she was the cheerleader. And wasn't the oh, wasn't Omar Epps the freshman running back? Omar Epps was in every sports movie. It felt like he did the he did the trifecta. He did Love and Basketball. He did Major League Two because he was Willie Mays Hayes after Wesley Snipes didn't return for the second Major League, and then he was in the program. So he he played in every sports movie. Should have gave, we should he should have played a hockey player in sudden. I death. know he should have. He should, well, no, nobody would have seen that then. That would have been the problem. Anyway, so we'll get to that coming up in a little bit. I want to get to this first off. If you've heard the sound, you got to hear it again. If you didn't hear the sound, you get to hear it for the first time. I'm not one that is so pro Eric Spolstra Hall of Famer. I'm not there. Okay, Eric Spolstra is a terrific coach in the NBA. And when you look at the coaches and and I think breaking it down more, I think it's this is the one sport, obviously, I mean, every sport you need it, but this is the one sport you win with the talent. Phil Jackson is not going to coach the New York Knicks presently and win with them. No one's going to win with them. Simple as that. And there are a lot of coaches, especially in the NBA, that have been helped out by talent. And when they don't have the talent, they don't look as good. Now, I still think that Eric is terrific for what he's done. And when you look at his records, he's won two championships. I'm not going to call him the best coach in the league. I'm not going to call him a top three, but he's about top five. I, I put him in top five. Now, if you missed this, and why we're bringing this up kind of inexplicably, if you missed this back and forth, on ESPN a few days ago, over the weekend. George Sedano, our, our friend, former host here at, at QAM, uh, who's now at ESPN doing big things. He actually works at ESPN LA, doing uh, drive time in the afternoon. He's been doing a lot of play-by-play for uh, for the Summer League. And I actually tried to get George on, and he has a Summer League game today, so he couldn't make it, which is fine. But George was talking with Dan Dockich, who, if you don't know who that is, and a lot of people probably don't, he is a college basketball analyst for ESPN. He's a former head coach at Bowling Green for a while, and he played at Indiana under Bobby Knight, or he played or he coached it. He has a connection to the University of Indiana, and he does radio in Indianapolis. He's an he's a outspoken guy. I mean, I mean he's... He's a guy that, that definitely can hold a conversation, but it depends on what he says. Now, I want to play the clip now of, and this was not even a Heat Summer League game. It was just, I think it was the two other random teams. But George brought up the conversation about Eric Spolstra, about being, him being one of the top coaches in the NBA. And Dockage came back with, no, he's not, and it's not even close. So here's the clip from this past weekend, and 
You be the judge. Hey, well, you know what? Um, he can help my career. Yeah, Eric Spolster, too, man. Eric Spolster is one of the top two or three coaches in this league. Wait a second. Oh, that's not even debatable. Doctor. Oh, that is so debatable. You can say it as sternly as you want. That's not debatable. Okay. And I'm give me, telling you give that me, is give me Brad Steve. St St you know, not five. You said two or okay, three. Okay, give me two or three more. Uh, Popovich, Brad Steve. Popovich, I'll give you. No, I'm not giving you Brad Stevens yet. I'm giving you Brad Stevens. Well, I'll give you Nate McMillan. I'll give you a ton of guys. Brad Stevens, where's the championships there? Where, okay, where's where's Spolster been since LeBron left? Oh, well, he's been deep in the playoffs. Oh, where's Brad Stevens? He went to the he went to the finals without Kyrie right. Irving. But it's not like everybody wins with LeBron, right? Seemingly. No, come on. Look at like, all the coaches he's had. That's not true. That's so true. No, that's it. We mean win with. What? I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. You know, you, if you're going to tell but... me, if you're going to tell me, Eric Spolster is one of the two or three coaches. That's yes. not debatable. I would just simply say you're out of your mind. Okay, then I'm I don't out think of my he's mind. in the top ten. Oh, now you're out of your he, mind. No, I'm not. He's just a guy. He's a nice he's coach. Just he's a guy. Just that's a ridiculous. Guy. No, that's absurd. That is not absurd. a two-time champion. You're not just a guy. Yes, you are. When you have LeBron and what we've what have we done since LeBron? Then you get to the about Pat Riley after he left the Lakers because he didn't win for a long time until 2006. After that, yeah, you can make you can make a point however you want to make it. We're doing a radio show here, <laughs> you and me. I feel like <laughs> I should come on your show or you should come on mine. Yeah, let's do it. All right, a couple things here. I'm not going to go to the top three, but to say he's just a guy is a ridiculous thing. It's crazy. Now, just digging deeper into psychology, I guess. The two names, Popovich is up there. I don't think anybody can dispute Popovich. He had Tim Duncan, a number one pick for years. He won with Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, guys that were picked either late first round or uh, Ginobili was a second round pick, I believe. So what Popovich did in San Antonio, where it's hard to get free agents, yeah, he's the best. I think right now, no doubt about it. But then when you look at the other two names that were brought up by Dan Dockich, Brad Stevens and Nate McMillan, all right? Two good coaches. Nate McMillan's done good things in the league, and, and so has Brad Stevens. Do you know what their tie-in, Danny, is? That Brad, What Brad Stevens and Nate McMillan's tie-in to Dan Dockich? Not personally, but from a, I'm going to name two guys. Here are the top two guys. Here are the two guys off the top of my head. You know what it is? Shoot. Brad Stevens, Indiana native, coached at Butler. All right, and I'm guessing the dream job is always universe or Indiana University. And Nate McMillan's the coach of the Pacers. So the first two names off the top of your head are guys that have Indiana ties because you're from Indiana. All right? No bias there at all. So just putting that out there, all right? Now, I'm not going to criticize Nate McMillan as much because he's been around the league and he played in the NBA for a while. But the love affair with Brad Stevens is pretty funny. He started, all right, when he left, but what he did at Butler was amazing. That you can't take away. Was he a great college coach? Definitely. He went to the championship game with Butler two straight years. That's impressive. And he was a Gordon Hayward half-court shot away from upsetting Duke. Can't take that away from him at all. However, though, going to the Celtics, does he have good numbers? He's 270 and 222. Granted, it was 25 and 57 his first season, all right? So he had some... He had some dogs to play with the first season. Then it progressively got better. But how about this one? Did go to the conference finals back-to-back -back years. Okay, He has an under 500 record in the playoffs, 27 and 29. 
Not this past year. They got eliminated by Milwaukee in the second round. Two years ago, when they went 55-27, and 27, the year without Kyrie, or at least the second half without Kyrie, and Gordon Hayward broke his leg in that gruesome injury at Cleveland to, to begin the season, that the Celtics went to the conference finals, lost to LeBron and the Cavs in seven games. They lost the seventh game at TD Garden. Okay, Danny, another quiz for you. How many road wins in the playoffs? Three rounds. How many road wins in the playoffs did the Celtics have in that 2018 postseason under Brad Stevens? I'm going to say zero. Very close. It was one, and it was an overtime at Philadelphia in the second round. Okay? So they went one and seven. They went 0-3 against Milwaukee on the road in Round one went one and one against Philadelphia because they won three home games. Then they went zero and three against Cleveland in the conference finals before losing Game Seven at home. They were great at home. Anybody can win at home. They were terrible on the road. I look back at it, and we're gonna say since two thousand three. Two thousand three is when they expanded the playoffs, the first round from best of three to best or best of five, best of seven. Okay. Do you realize, okay, this is how dubious of a distinction this is, and, and this is not going to be what's, what's going to be on his resume forever, but just want to throw this out there to you. Since 2003, we're in 2019, so that's, what, 16 years, 16, 17 years. There's been one team in the playoffs during this stretch in which they reached the conference finals and won only one road game, and that was the Celtics. So you have four teams that reached the conference finals every year since 2003. All of them won, at minimum, two road games in the playoffs, except for the Celtics. You're saying, what's the point of all this? How's this tie into Spo? That doesn't tie into Spo. It's more of an indictment on Brad Stevens, who is a very good coach, but they like young guy, innovative. Is he good? Yeah. But let's not make him into a top two coach who's never reached the NBA Finals in his career and has an under 500 playoff record. Hey, I'll take Rick Carlisle before I take Brad Stevens. Rick Carlisle won with the Mavericks, and that's a name that always gets forgotten. He had success with the Pacers and the Pistons. I forget the timeline with him because he... He took over for the Pistons after Larry Brown, and then they fired him, and then he went to the Pacers... And he was good there. Then he ended up. Then he ended up with the Mavs, where he's still there. Rick Carlisle won back to back. Won fifty games back to back years with Detroit. Then they got rid of him for Larry Brown, who ended up winning a championship. That's right. I knew it was some kind of yeah, thing there with Larry Brown. That's fine. So he won the championship, Larry Brown, after Rick Carlisle lost in the finals, the conference finals. Went to Indiana. Had a couple good seasons, went downhill, and then went to Dallas. Last few years haven't been good for the Mavericks, but still a stretch his first three years, 50, 55, 57 wins. That's still pretty good. And that's longevity. Now let's go back to Spolster for a a second, all right? When you look at what Spolster has done, first year with the – remember, he's been an assistant for years. When Pat Riley – All right, so this is Pat Riley's guy, and he was never going to – Spolster was never going to get let go if things didn't go well. He just wasn't. 
Pat Riley, just think about this for a second. Pat Riley's final season, I think he had, didn't he have like the hip issues and he had some other things? You know what the Heat's record was his last season before Spo took over? 15 and 67. Remember that? That was when they got Sean Marion here, and that was the Blake Ahern. That they that they that they traded for Ricky Davis and Marcus Blunt. Right. And it was just Ricky Davis who famously tried to get a triple double by throwing a shot off his own backboard for a rebound years ago with the Cavaliers. And I think too that year Ricky Davis played in every game, which is kind of like like that's the one guy that's healthy the whole season. So Pat, for as much as he did with the heat and you look at you know what he did remember riley riley only made it to the finals one time with the heat all right now he didn't have lebron he had wade at his peak he had Shaq at, at the peak kind of go kind of on the downturn but still a good Shaq. well if you recall what ended up happening was that was actually that was actually stan van gundy's team and then they and then Shaq and Van right. Gundy weren't getting along. Yeah. They had to dismiss Van Gundy and basically Pat Riley had to become the coach because it was the only way to appease Shaq at that point. Correct. So that was 03 to 05 was Van when Van Gundy was here and they lost to Detroit, the Damon Jones stuck in the air thing. And then Riley came in about ten games or ten or fifty games into the second season. That's right. That's or the third season for for Van Gundy. But for Spo, he has had Two losing seasons. When you look at it, two losing seasons, and they have happened last this past year, 39 and 43. He won the division two years ago, 44 and 38. Not a lot of talent. That was no Wade, to, or that was Wade came in late in the season. That was when after the Cavs got rid of him. And you go back to when he went to the finals with LeBron, they won 58 games. They won 46, but that was the, the lockout here. So that's, they were 46 and 20. So that's still a pretty good winning percentage. 166 won the title against the Spurs. That was the Ray Allen shot. And then they won 54 and lost to the Spurs the final time. So don't tell me this guy is just a guy. You, you can't do that. that. That's irresponsible is to say that Eric Spolstra is just a guy out there because he had LeBron. How many guys has LeBron had that he's been successful with? Coaches. Tell me. Two. Okay. And you're saying Teron lose the second one? Yeah, and that and I would actually count that as more of a point five. Okay. Now Teron Lou, remember, took over that year for David Blatt, who I guess LeBron didn't want. There's no way David yes. Blatt gets fired because and LeBron wants to keep him. Like that's that the math doesn't work like that. He had Paul Silas early on, didn't work out. Had Mike Brown, once the finals, didn't work out. Had Luke Walton in L.A., didn't work out. All of them got fired eventually. And with Teron Liu, they won the title in Cleveland after the whole Draymond Green incident where Draymond got suspended for that Game 6. And the Cavaliers won Game 7 at Oracle. I am not proclaiming Spo is top two or three. But to say he's not in the top five or not in the top ten is ridiculous. The numbers stated that even, you know, they lose LeBron in 14-15. They don't have LeBron. They go 37-45. and They could have easily gone. They could easily have 20 wins that year. With that drop-off, they still won 48-15-16 and without him. And they still didn't have the service of Chris Bosh for a while. Bosh had his had had the the clot issues. Imagine if you had Chris Bosh healthy, you didn't even have him. 
and you got rid of Wade. Uh, I don't want to call it the prime. He he, it was like the Shaq thing. He was kind of on the downturn, but still good, but not peak Wade. Yeah, he still had one more game. I remember in that Raptors series. I think it was like Game Six to stretch it to Game Seven, where he kind of took that game over. And that, and I, I to be honest with you, I remember thinking at the time watching that, going, "This this might be Dwayne's last." Last performance for the Heat, like in that game six, they went off in that game, if I remember correctly. So when you say, okay, who are the top guys? Popovich still number one. You can throw Rick Carlisle in there. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to apologize, and I'm going to say it anyway. Steve Kerr has done great things with Golden State, but Jesus, you have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, then you got Kevin Durant. I mean, come on. I mean, seriously. You know... This is where it goes back to, and look, I'm not going to dog Steve Kerr for this upcoming season. They have no Durant. Klay Thompson's out to see what they'll do. They still have have an MVP in Steph Curry, so it's not like they're totally bad. But you ain't winning 60-something games this year with, with that team. It's just not happening. And then you look at other coaches out there. If they don't have the talent to work with, they're not going to be successful. Let's see what Doc Rivers does. Doc Rivers has Kawhi Leonard and Paul George with the Los Angeles Clippers. So that helps out. Oh, and by the way, too, with Doc, for as good of a coach as Doc is, he got fired in Orlando. All right, went to the first round three straight years, went to Boston. They went from 24 and 58 to 66 and 16. Why did that happen, Danny? How did they end up winning 42 more games the next season? What happened? Did he just coach better? Did he drop better plays? Or they got Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen to go along with Paul Pierce and an emerging Ray John Rondo. Like, you don't win 42 more games the next year just because you're a good coach. I mean, when you look at Doc, they haven't got out of the first round in three of the last four years. I think the whole point of the conversation is let's not get on guys because they have talent to work with. And then we got to look at the resume and say, well, because you didn't have the guys this year, you didn't win as many games. Of course you didn't. All right. Good talk, son. We take you up until 8 o'clock. We could have a mystery guest coming up soon. I don't want to jinx it, but we'll see. Tim Rohan will definitely join us from Sports Illustrated at 7 o'clock for the Blue Chips conversation. We could have a mystery guest coming up. Actually, I don't know if it's mystery or secret guest or surprise guest. I don't know. We'll see about that. I don't want to say who it is, and if he doesn't come on, then maybe I'll say who it is later, or I'll just forget about it. That's kind of my... I got to decide that uh, during the break, see how I'll do with that. We take you till 8 o'clock right here on 560 WQAM. Radio.com. Radio.com. I walk my son in the morning around the neighborhood. It's 8 a.m. and it's hot. I want to go inside for like 20 minutes. And these guys for five hours are playing high level, the highest level of tennis out there with, with all the pressure on them. No, it's fine. It's crazy. Like, it, it really is. And it was exciting. They could have played for, for another, like, three hours if they didn't have that new tiebreaker rule that cut it off at 12-12. And they're like, okay, we just got to get this thing finished. 
like William and Kate got to get back to Buckingham Palace. We got we got to like move this thing along. We, we we can't keep playing tennis all day and all night, you know. So anyway, this story knows as it kind of made the rounds a little bit uh, with the NFL, the possibility of the eighteen game season, which. You know, it's so funny how we look at other sports. NBA plays 82 games. The NHL plays 82 games. Major League Baseball plays 162, and, and we think it's too many. But the NFL plays 16, and it's not enough. I, th- I think 16 is more than enough in the NFL. And there is the potential that the owners can get the eight, because the, the players don't want the 18 games. The owners want the 18 games. They want to be able to keep playing make more money, and if these guys get hurt, they get hurt. And yet, there are stipulations in which players with the collective bargaining agreement can play 16 games. So instead of playing all 18, they'll play 16, and you don't know which week you're going to get the backup in, or backups in. But I've noticed through the years that you don't really have a lot of great playoff races going down the stretch. You don't. You know for the most part who's going to be in. You don't need an extra two weeks to decide more playoff teams. That's why I was go back to the NBA. Taking away the owners, excuse me, the governors. Let me get let me be politically correct, the governors of the NBA. Can't say owner anymore. That the year that you had the lockout with the 66 games, the 66-game season as opposed to 82, I'm pretty sure 15 or 16 teams that made the playoffs that year made it the year before. So you didn't need 82 games to find out the Sacramento Kings are not going to be in the playoffs. Or the Knicks or whoever else was not going to make it. I would say the Knicks. They probably could have made it that year, but... You have all these games that are being played, and you don't need them. You can cut the NBA down to 66 games. You can cut it to 60 games, and we'll still be fine. We still know who's going to the playoffs. They're still going to have all, you're still going to have the dogs at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, like this year. If you cut the schedule down 16 games, you know the Knicks are still not going to make it. You know the Bulls are probably not going to make it. You know the Suns are not going to make it. You know the Grizzlies are probably not going to make it, just because. Those extra 16 games are not getting them over the hump. And the same thing in the NFL. If they played two extra games, the Dolphins are not getting in the playoffs this year with two extra games. Oh, if we play those two extra ones, maybe they'll get us a wild card. No. We, most of the time, know who these division winners are. Is it fair to say, out of the eight divisions, going into the final week of the season, during the 16-game schedule, you know seven of them. And I'm not talking about in the preseason. I'm talking about going into towards week 17. You know seven, likely seven division winners, and there's maybe one up in the air. And wild card, there could be a couple of races down the stretch. But for the most part, you know who's in. So that's where I just don't think you need the extra games. Because it really isn't proving anything, except for just more money for the owners. That well, see, that's what I was about to say, K. Rob. I was like, "What's wrong with you? Are you are you not are you not a venture capitalist? 
I mean, come on. One is enough money, enough money. And the answer is never, K-Raj. Even if it means ruining your sport, if it means taking a good thing and ruining you, you, you need to search that mighty dollar, K-Raj. But it's, it's, you know what it is? You say to yourself, how much money, I know it's a stupid question, but how much money do some of these guys need where they own these NFL teams for fun? This is not, this is, isn't this actually a hit for them? A financial hit that Robert Kraft does not need the New England Patriots. He's fine. The guy that just owned the Seahawks that died, Paul Allen, and the guy run Microsoft, like he's good. He doesn't need the Seattle Seahawks or the Portland Trailblazers to make him more money. Like he's fine without them. Even Stephen Ross. Guy is donating millions of dollars to schools and with the stadium, like, he's good. He doesn't need this as an investment. He just doesn't. None of these guys do. Daniel Snyder, you think Daniel Snyder needs the Washington Redskins? None of them. Maybe the Steelers and the Lions, because they're like family, they're through the family all these years. The Fords ran the Lions, and the Roonies run the Steelers. But for the most part, come on. But yet they still want more. Give us more games. Who cares if these guys get hurt and they get concussed and all of that? Just give us more games. No, and then the cute thing is now we're supposed to sit out two guys for two regular se- – you get to sit out every player for at least two games a year, which is the thing that they're discussing, so that they can have the extra two regular season games. Right. They can't play more than 16 games. So that is – that's where we stand. So you'll have to get so like let's say you're let's say you're the uh, the the uh, the the New England Patriots right, and an 18 game schedule there are two games in that year where Tom Brady is not going to play, and you have to be strategic to say all right we're going to when do we sit him out? Do we sit him out this game against Buffalo, or do we sit him out in another game? How do we work this whole thing? So that's the biggest problem. You know who's going to be affected the most by this? Fantasy. Gi- well, that and the Jim Sorgies of the world. Jim Sorgies still playing? No, Does but I just team? mean like I just mean in general like you know that guy who's really just completely terrible and he just like sits behind like the Peyton Mannings of the world and holds a clipboard and the second he gets in there he's like prop key from from pop from key from pop that, from that sir. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. 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 Hey, do you know who's going to get some time probably? Ryan Tannehill will get some time in Tennessee. Hey, well, now. well, Marcus Mariota is going to get hurt. Like that, that's almost a guarantee. I've always said this that as soon as as soon as Ryan Tannehill gets into the game for the new for the Tennessee Titans, all of a sudden, miraculously, they will have the worst offensive line in football. Probably because that 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 is a guarantee. That is an absolute guarantee. Holy God! The Giants were beating the Rockies fifteen to nothing today in their the first game of doubleheader. Fifteen to nothing. They won nineteen to two. Man, I just think that the, you know what, there's too much confusion because now you have to wonder who's going to start, who's going to be there, and it's just a ridiculous thing. It's, I'm just not down with it at all. Really not. So quick question, Um, total divergence of what's going on we're talking about here. A friend of mine who works at CBS4, our local photog, Dave Agadello, I don't know if you've ever met Dave, um, he's basically coming on and he's just going on social media right now and he's saying that tennis is a great game, 
It's a great hobby. You know, a lot of people can play it, but it's not a sport. No, it's, it's a sport. Yeah, I, I would a, tend to agree with that. So I, I, I like, where would you? I mean, I just like, what would we like? How do you even? How do you even quantify that as not a sport? There's no way you have two people competing. It's an individual sport, but there's. I've always said that I can't believe you're starting this, Danny. That. You have sports and competitions, all right? I've always felt like judges takes it away from a sport. Now, I'm not talking about boxing where you have you have judges. You can still knock someone out. The judges are there as a backup. See, in boxing and I guess UFC, that's different because the, the judges are a backup. That's if you come to a draw and then you have to decide a winner. But I'm talking about other sports where you could have judges deciding things or competitions, whatever. That one, it kind of is on the fence a little bit. Tennis, there is zero dispute. It's a sport. Zero dispute. I don't know how it's not. You have two people competing against each other and you get a winner. How is it not? I, I, I don't know how to break it down any more than that. Well, it's also, it's also you know, competition on an athletic level. Because, see, I don't really consider... Okay, this is this is this is another weird gray area for me. See, I consider NASCAR a sport because there's competition, but I don't consider the drivers athletes. Okay. Now because what you're saying is like Dale Earnhardt, well he's retired, like uh Joey Logano or Jimmy Johnson or someone like that. There's still stamina there. Like there's still like okay, it goes back to our go- our golfers athletes. There's a no. difference because golfing's a skill that these guys have skills. But is Tiger an athlete? No. Really? You don't put Tiger in no. I mean you look at no, Tiger I don't golfers. I don't say golfers are athletes because I don't believe that they're really pushing themselves to a physical extreme. I believe that they are that they have a skill. And they play a skill game, and it's a sport. But do they? But but like but like, where's the sweat? Where's the where's the pushing past it? I mean, it's it, it's a tough one. Like that's like tennis tennis players on the tennis court. Those guys are putting it out there. They're, oh, they're absolutely! Everything they have out there. There's no question about that for me. A guy sitting in a car, yeah, you know, it, it sucks to sit in a car and it's hot and all that. But you're you only know, driving 200 miles an hour around. But an that's oval. A, but that's a skill. That's a skill. More stamina, racer or golfer? Oh, racer. Okay. Okay, better athlete, golfer or racer? Mm. Ugh, exactly. I would go golf. Because you still got to walk. You got to walk the course. You got to walk the course. Where the and, the skill, dry- and, and, the skill, and the skill is a little bit more athletic. I mean, dude, you're turning a wheel and, and moving your foot. Okay, yeah, okay, fine. Drivers, not world-class athletes. I've seen, I mean, this was 15 years ago, I saw Dale Earnhardt Jr. in person, and dude is like 5'6", 5'7", maybe. I mean, he didn't look like an athlete. He looked like a guy that could drive a car, but he did not, he wasn't a strapping guy. 
yeah, tennis. There's no dispute on tennis. Like there's, I'm not, I'm not going to sit and watch a lot of tennis, but there's no disputing it. There, there's zero. All right, we got plenty more coming up. Our mystery guest could come towards seven, and that's when we're having our blue chips guy on. So I got to make a little bit. We got to. Oh no. We got, we got to do a little bit of adjusting here. So I, I got that recent text, and I'm gonna. I hope not to disappoint you if this mystery guest doesn't work out. But uh, we're going to get the guy from to talk about blue chips. He is definitely coming on. I'm really looking forward to this. Me too. We're going to see. I may have to finagle him a little bit, maybe move back to 720. We'll see. All right. Plenty more to come with you till what time? 8 o'clock right here on 560 WQAM. Radio.com. Let's get to some of the text, probably. I haven't even seen the text, so Danny sees them. I don't know if uh, you got yourself in trouble with all this. You can text the show at 56022 on the Kendall Toyota, West Kendall Toyota hotline. Text line, excuse me. Since you started this whole... I know we're in July, but I mean, starting this whole, like, sport competition discussion. Well, it was a friend of mine... At the TV station that started it up, and it just it just wanted to, to sound okay, that off quickly. Okay. So what? So what's what's the what's the text world saying? Well, not really so much on that subject. Just some quick stuff here. Thing that poker is not a sport, and I, I can't. Of disagree. course, it's not. It's not a sport. Guy wants to know if darts is a sport. No. <laughs> no. No. Darts is a game. We just call it a game. Is that is that a, is that yeah, enough? It's a game. Okay, it's, it's a game. It's a skill game. If you can do it in a bar, it's not a sport. Is that is that? Yes. Okay. If you do it in a bar, it's not a sport. All right. So back over to the Spolster conversation. Mm -hmm. Texters writes, Spo is a great coach. He hasn't had a player publicly come out and bash him. He develops god-awful talent. Why is Pop the best? He had Duncan, and Pop has had had gigantic blunders. He's been upset by a few underdogs a lot more than Spo has. I I hate the narrative that Pop and Belichick are overrated in both football and basketball. It's a joke. Wait. So is Popovich overrated, he, or I'm not, he's I saying that Popovich is overrated because he, uh, you know, he he's he's lost to some underdogs and he's never really like you know had two championship years in a row that kind of thing. He's had a lot of good players. But but wait a minute. But okay, fine. The whole back to back title thing. I'll give you that. But can I go counter ca- point counterpoint on this one? Popovich has won five titles in his career. He won a title in 1999 and won another one in 2014. That's good staying power. You know, you're able to do it over that span. But, geez, I mean, look at the guy won over 65% of his games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve straight seasons. And that streak ended when he won 61% of his games going 50 and 32 in 2010. I mean, the guy never, he's, he's had one dog season. That was his first year at 17 and 47. And he came in, I guess, half, well, I guess that's halfway through the season. He came in during that season. Never had a five under 500 season. He's made the playoffs every single year since 98. Come on. Like that, how do you, even Pat Riley has had bad seasons. So who else do you have? Who else is talking out there? All right, we got another one here. Let me make sure I got this one straight. 
I'm a 16-year South uh, South Florida STH. Okay. ST season ticket holder. Season ticket holder. There it is. I'm a 16-year season ticket holder. Spolster is an above, is a little above average. Let's not blow him out of proportions. He mismanages substitutions and poor inbound plays after timeouts. Also a bit hard-headed and poor feel for calling timeouts when losing large leads. Even Mark Cuban said Rick Carlisle outcoached him. See Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel article, and he posted a link. Oh, I don't mind that. But we talk about Carlisle. We put him up there. I don't. I don't mind that. I mean, Carlisle. Uh, Carlisle's a proven coach, so I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna disagree with you on that one. That when you look at look, Pop has won championships. Carlisle has won one title. All right, and Spolstra's won two. The whole this whole discussion, I brought up Popovich because he's kind of the, the the current standard now in coaching. But Brad Stevens' name got brought up too, and really, I mean, for Brad Stevens, like what what has he done to be a top three coach? That's where I go. Is he a good young coach? Yeah. Did he accomplish a lot in college at Butler? Yeah, obviously. He's been he's more accomplished. I I still think in college than he was in the NBA. Would you take Would you take Brad Stevens over Mike D'Antoni? I guess so. Just because D'Antoni, I feel like D'Antoni had a lot of success in the regular. See, Brad Stevens, I don't think has choked as much in the postseason as D'Antoni's teams have, and maybe the the sample size is smaller. But D'Antoni's had a lot of really good teams that never got to the finals. A lot of them. He didn't do anything with the Knicks, and I get they didn't have a lot of talent. So, and I talked about that earlier that we're going to kill guys, you know, if they have no talent. But to have James Harden these last few years, to have Chris Paul, and now that you know, now they're divorced, and even back in Phoenix, never to get to the finals at all with all those teams that won sixty something games, I take a slight edge on Brad Stevens there, just because the future is probably brighter, and he was able to go to the Eastern Conference Finals without his two best players. Next. Okay. A little bit of what I like to call Miami Heat gas baggery over here. Eric Spolster and Pat Riley both have to go. The present is terrible and the future is not much better. I used to want Spolster gone. Now I want both of them gone. Was that the texture banging on the board or was that you? That was me. Okay. That was me just, just, just channeling him. I don't know who you replace them with. That's the look. Has Riley made some questionable moves as far as signing free agents? Yeah, LeBron fell in his lap. He had to sell him a bit, but LeBron still want to come here because of Wade, and, and he was going to bring Bosch too. But Dion Waiters, yeah, that didn't work out well. The Whiteside thing that didn't work out uh, in the end. Yeah, there's been some there's been some blunders there. But I guess I, I go back to how many other teams have been successful in the NBA in the last 10, 15 years. There's been a handful. The Heat have been one of them for a short time. Golden State has been this last five years. But past that, and San Antonio has, has been there. But you can't name 15 teams that have been successful. It's been like five or six, and the Heat are part of that. All right, last one for now. Ooh, a little tough on the grammar here. All right. 
Spolster does not make game adjustments. Eric Spolster is an average coach at best. You are dreaming. They can be ahead 16 points, and he weighs still their eight points down before he makes any changes. I stopped being a Miami Heat fan years ago because I cannot stand him. Well, he's not going anywhere. So that one, you, uh, that's one you can't, you can't take away. So good talk, everyone. Good talk. All right. We'll get to more of the text coming up. And let's see if we'll get our mystery guest on in a second. We'll see. All right. We got plenty more to get to here, right here on a 560 WQAM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 